Hey everyone, Marcus Parks here to give you an update on the Sausage Fest coming up on October 5th. The whole show's going to start upstairs at the Creek in the Cave at 1093 Jackson Avenue in Long Island City, Queens at 5 p.m. Uh, and that's going to go until 10 p.m. That's five hours of stand-up featuring your favorite Cave Comedy Radio performers. And at the same time, downstairs, we're going to be having live podcasts from 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. And then the Cowmen, the band that you're listening to in the background, and features myself and Hold McNeely of the Roundtable of Gentlemen, is is going to be playing a set at 10 p.m. So, hey, see you there, puppet. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. You know what I've discovered really riles people up to a to a frothy anger? Yeah. Is singing the song Friday by Rebecca Black about any other day of the week. And just throwing stuff in there. Like it's you know Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday, feeling fat on Tuesday. It's Tuesday day and nobody cares the weekends long away. It's Tuesday, Tuesday. Shut up! Good God, you weren't lying. That's unbelievably aggravating. It's Wednesday. No, all right, the whole, welcome to the show, everyone. No, we're not starting off like that. It's too late and so we gotta put up. Thursday, Thursday. <laughs> Hollywood has changed you, Henry Zabrowski, and none of us are happy about it. Welcome no, to the show. Pleased with it. Well, Marcus is happy. Good. Are you Are you happy now, Henry? You made Marcus happy, which means you did something wrong. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Name's Rebecca Black. Remember me? <laughs> Nobody else does. No. I certainly don't. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca, you seem to age. You you don't, you do not age gracefully, huh? I gotta tell you. You know what day of the week I don't like anymore? <laughs> Fucking Friday. Friday, <laughs> right. Because yeah, yeah. the song that everyone made fun of you for. Yeah. Sick of fucking Fridays, huh? Got it. Yeah, uh, well, I'll see you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm betting on a bunch of dogs fighting each other over a piece of chicken. <laughs> All right, well, I'm happy your yeah. life is going better I than most of ours. the black one wins. Well, <laughs> probably will. All right, that's Marcus. I'm Ben. We're joined by Rebecca Black. <laughs> hey, it's me, Hollywood Henry Zabrowski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's just get into it. Yeah. Uh, part two, Chikatilo, Mother Russia. Things are about to get even you more know, disgusting than you ever imagined about could. him, too. You know, the thing about this guy, again, he gets less charming every sentence I read about him. Yep, <laughs> yep. He starts off at kind of a high note, you know, just an abused child who, want, who wanted to do well for his mother and for his country. And now... Also, Ragnar posted a really interesting post yes. about, like, comparing Andre Chikatilo to the entire... Russian idea and it's very Great. interesting too yeah. because as you see when he gets caught it's in the year 1991 and he gets mm -hmm. sentenced it's like it, literally his whole life moves with the broken dream of Russia yeah. right. and the falling of that of the USSR it's really interesting it's very much very much very much and I want to I want to thank Sophie Godso for that beautiful song oh yeah on the, on the, on the page but I don't know why everyone thinks I'm always crying <laughs> well you let's just say you are um a giant sack of tears. I'm not saying I have never I don't cry. I'm I'm of German descent. When my when my dad's dad died, you know when you know what he said to me? What? He said, "Hey Ben, your grandfather's dead." I cried a little this morning. 
That's it. And I said, okay. That's nice. But didn't he also perfect. say, we have to burn the papers and hide his medals from the <laughs> Fuhrer himself? <laughs> well. <laughs> the time period's over. I can say what I want. <laughs> Anything I want about yeah. your heritage. You're on fire, Henry. Well, let's get back into Andre Chikatilo by listening to a fictionalized account of Chikatilo's life. Uh, this is a clip from a movie that starred Malcolm McDowell uh, back this in... This is his... This is Chikatilo's version of the game. <laughs> this is big. Right? This, this is from a movie called Evilinko. Uh, so insert your juggalo uh, ICP jokes there. First time you've seen a real man. <laughs> Scared. But you like it too, don't you? Be honest. He's talking to a little girl. He's got his pants down. <laughs> you can touch him if you want. Him? Yeah, give me your hand. Uh. No? Oh, she doesn't want to. <laughs> mm -mm. He wants to be your friend. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. He told me that he likes you. He's dying to show you what happens to him when you touch him. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> gets big. He doesn't, though. And if you treat him right, you're honest with him, he can do anything. There's nothing he can't do. What? Even fly? <laughs> Even fly. And if you're very brave, he'll let you fly with him. Does that mean he can talk to? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Now you're being stupid. He yeah. trust anyone. Not even me? No, no, not, not you, of course. All right, then. Make him talk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Make him talk. <laughs> Give him a chance to, to get big. No, you're lying. He can't talk. He can't because he's dead. All right. Well, that was the most disturbing audio we've ever played on this show, and I think we've had some nine one one calls where a woman dies. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, yeah, it can fly. Yeah. Can, his penis can fly. Oh yeah, it yeah, yeah, can fly. God, it was a. Both have been surprised if he was like, "Can you make him talk?" And then it was like, "Hey, little girl. Yeah. Hey, can I have some, some problems standing up? If you're not know talking about, maybe can we uh, cheer or something? <laughs> Anyways, just, I'm gonna kill you." I feel like the uh, the mouse uh, in that movie Dumbo spoke about Dumbo yes. the same way. Yeah, he can fly. Yeah, if yeah, it also magical. felt sort of like a, a like a Cinderella vibe. I was yeah. waiting for it to turn into like you know, or like the Pottsbury clock fat man, right? From Beauty and the Beast. So that's actually a charmed version of Chikatilo. That's a much charmed version. Yeah, right. and, and that you know, of course, and that was at the beginning of his career, which we right. uh, covered last week. That was more of the molesting school children part right. of his career. But we have moved past that. We have now moved to the year 1982, in which at this point he is killed. Eight people. Right. And I want a new dog. I want a woman to sit. <laughs> so he's, he's out. too, man. The airwaves were full of Huey Lewis and the news. But right. Russia didn't get it. They just got the solemn chimes of a bell letting everyone know that the bread ran out. Oh, I love that chime. <laughs> so he's on to his white album. Uh, he started <laughs> to take some drugs, and he's, uh, he's getting a little more... A little bit more wild by the moment, huh? Well, let's talk about the victim selection that he had, mm. how he chose his victims. Because his victims were very wide and varied as far as who they were, what class they came from. I mean, because, you know, you couldn't really make a connection between a 44-year-old alcoholic prostitute mm -hmm. and the 11-year-old stamp collector. 
Like right. there, was, there wasn't a whole lot. Unless um, you're talking about the fans of Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> that's everybody. And that's here, true. And he didn't care. It, it's absolutely everybody. Everyone yeah. loves her. Can we talk about Jennifer Lawrence for a second? <laughs> Holy Lord. She is one. That is a beautiful woman. So it didn't matter whether it was an older woman, a little boy. It, it didn't matter at all who it was. All he wanted to hear was screams. All he wanted to see was blood. He never mm-hmm. searched out specifically a woman or a boy. His, all of his victims, it was all at first opportunity. He would just pick people until finally one of them went off with him uh, to eventually be brutally murdered. Right. Because that's what they said too, is that like literally any sign of resistance, he would let it go. Yeah. Like he mm-hmm. didn't want, he didn't want any, because the idea was is that, I mean, he couldn't get his pee-pee all hard, so he couldn't, any, any right. anything that demasculated him, he couldn't deal. Yeah. So if we did, let's just say, look at some of the nude pictures of Jennifer Lawrence that were released, we'd be like, we were aroused, and then be like, what do you like, Chickatello? And we'd be like, love that movie Hostel. I've been jacking <laughs> off to that movie Hostel. Still like nonstop. <laughs> yeah. And he killed. I just feel like maybe Russia could have used more like, you know, pumping sounds of screaming into the streets, make it sure. more like a Halloween horror nights. Mm-hmm. And then he would have been fine. Like he would have just been hard all the time and he would have just maybe have been president. I think it would be <laughs> I think it would be creepier and worse if he got off to the sounds of laughter. You know? Yeah. That's more disgusting. Really? Mm, nah, not really. <laughs> he killed no heterosexual men whatsoever, as far as men goes, because first of all, men hated him. He could sweet talk women, he could sweet talk children, because you remember, he didn't start killing until he was in his 40s, so he mm. had kind of a grandfatherly look about him. Uh, and the other reason why he was able to lure children and women away is because in Soviet Russia, standing in line was a fact of life. Right. You stood in line every single day, and of course the buses were terrible, and he mm. picked up most of his victims at railway and bus stations, so they'd be in line together, they'd start talking, they'd uh, form a sense of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And then you'd say, you know what? Why don't we go for a walk? The women, he would pretty much just say, like, okay, let's go relax. So that goes in Russia. He'd be like, are you miserable? And he'd be like, yeah, I'm miserable. Are you miserable? I am too. We have so much in common. Yeah. Let's go to the woods. <laughs> you, got, you got me waiting for a bus for 45 minutes. I'd much rather get my organs cut off and my nipples shot off by some fucking grandfather killer. To some degree, <laughs> he was doing them a favor. And that's how bad Russia was. He was only 40. And everyone's like, Grandpa. <laughs> Uh, and, of course, he was a sadist, a complete and total sadist. Uh, and in hardcore sadists, it does make sense for them to move from heterosexual objects to homosexual objects and eventually to homosexual pedophilia. Because in their mind, that is the escalation of depravity. Mm-hmm. It's like Because they see homosexuals as depraved. Not something that's normal, but it's something that is the next step in their sexual uh, well, spiral. Mm. It had nothing to do with his direction sexuality. No. It was all about just the, the, the domination and the control, which is actually very yeah. interesting because, uh, to be honest, I don't know many killers like, tell me if I'm wrong, that, that really switched back and forth between like, men and women. Most of them do one or the other. Well, Ramirez was, Ramirez was just a slash and go kind of guy. Yeah. Well, you no, know, he would kill the husband in order to get to the woman. Like, that was, right. his, that was his, his objective was the woman. The same thing yeah. with like, you know, and John Wayne Gacy was all about little boys because it was hiding his sexuality. I think that's what makes Chickatello specifically so fucked up and dangerous, is the fact that he was just about the violence. Yeah. yeah. It's got nothing to do with him 
it's got nothing to do with the sex at all. No. And speaking of the violence, let's get into what he actually did to the victims. He ripped open their stomachs. He uh, sliced off their sexual organs. In most cases, he would slice off penises, uh, testicles, right. uh, and nipples, and then he would chew on them. He would never eat them. He'd never swallow. And he actually but then made he a big deal when his confession when he was saying he was like, "I do not eat. I'm not a cannibal." I just like to chew on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he said uh, his main obsession <laughs> was the gum. uterus. Yeah, yeah. Main obsession was the uterus, and uh, he said, "I did not want to bite them so much as chew them. They were beautiful and elastic." They got to get Wrigley's over there. You got to get some good spearmint <laughs> I mean, gum. Save some it's lives. It's a problem with the gum shortage because also it's him following around like some little girl. He's just like, "I, I happen to like the ones that taste like." Watermelon. <laughs> oh yeah, he's looking for that apple apple strawberry combination. It's difficult to find te- in a human being. Yeah, because there's not as much of a Wrigley's as they're they're more of a gusher. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, that good clean feeling that you get from orbits or eating someone's liver. <laughs> Another thing that we that he would do to all of his or almost all of his victims is that he would cut out their eyes. Mm. He would at the very least stab the eyes, either around the eyes or specifically in the eyes, or cut them out completely. Because it was said, there was a superstition, that uh, the a dead person's last images were burned on their retinas. And right. he believed that his image was burned on their retinas. And who knows if that was you know, some crazy thing that he thought maybe he'd get caught through some Soviet super magic. Or, <laughs> right. yeah. or if uh, he just was superstitious about it. I think uh, he was real dumb. also how often... <laughs> Brutal murder happens in Russia. That they like <laughs> right. they had to make this rule to stop it of just being like you know it's like you got to stop murdering because the eye it takes pictures of your face so yeah. just you know make sure to not do that huh? I feel like you put guys the- we need to cut it down because we we could literally cannot keep together a children's choir they keep getting murdered so hard right that's what's so sad. Well, it was actually the eyes that that was able. uh, That's what uh, made investigators notice that this guy wasn't just murdering in Rostov, that he was murdering all around the, uh, I guess it would be the Western Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, The eyes is what links it all together. Did he take the eyes out before he murdered him, or was it a post-mortem thing? Well, that's the big thing about Chikatilo is that as he start, as he killed more and more, his killing procedures became more and more surgical. And in fact, he got so good at killing that he was able to stab. That he knew if he stabbed someone at a certain place hmm. and at a certain angle, he knew where the blood would spurt, and he knew how to dodge it. So he wouldn't get as bloody during his kills. Like Neo from the Matrix? Yes. He's just bending yes. over backwards? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and he knew how to keep them alive for as long as possible, to prolong the uh, suffering for as long as possible. So he did, so oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like kind of like the guidance counselor tells you, just being like, if you mm-hmm. had a million dollars, what would you want to do with your life? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Chickatill just did that. He just did it. He took the bull by the horns and mm-hmm. he carpe diemed his way into killing all these little girls. <laughs> you don't need to go to the university to become a doctor. No, you don't. <laughs> and I want to thank you, Henry, for, for putting that bare naked ladies song in my head if I had a million dollars. But now it's about Chickatillo <laughs> stabbing somebody's eyes out. <laughs> if I had a million dollars, I'd take a child into the woods and murder them. Uh, okay. You can do that for free, you know. Oh, all right. <laughs> seriously? Oh, you mean, wait, seriously? Yeah, dude, you can just go do that whatever you want. Like, man. today? Yeah, dude, whatever. You don't even need it. You don't yeah, need it. Uh, so I hate to cut lunch short, but uh, I'm going to go follow my drapes. <laughs> I think we made him a murderer today. 
<laughs> so as far as identifying the bodies goes, because this, the manhunt, oh, we're going to get into the manhunt that lasted 12 years, extremely inept, very, very, the Russians were very, very bad at what they did. Yeah, they just wrangled up any slowpoke in the town. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get, we'll get to that. In fury. The other yeah. problem is it was the big nets that they would just kind of just drag along the streets hoping to catch <laughs> men in them. <laughs> But their job was definitely made more difficult, uh, especially in the early days, because in the early days, most of Chikatilo's victims were tramps, prostitutes, people that had not, they didn't have a propiska. Which right. A propiska, that's a formal registration of residence. So mm -hmm. if someone didn't have that, if they were homeless uh, or just kind of slept around, they were, you know, pretty much a stray dog. No one cared about them right. at all. So when they found these bodies, you know, of course, when you investigate a murder, the first thing you do is identify the body and look around at what they did before they were murdered. But with Andre Chikatilo, many times this was impossible. Because there was just no more evidence of what the person looked like. Yeah, well, there was no more evidence of what they looked like, and right. there was no identification on the people whatsoever. Uh, so he didn't just, write their names on their backs did to not. keep tabs? <laughs> <laughs> he, he did not. And, of course, like he spent all of his time in railway stations, and he, much like Gary Ridgway, he started to see himself as an exterminator of At humankind. At some point, if you work in a railway station and you just see the same person there every single day, ask him where he's going. Yeah. And yeah where are you going, buddy? It yeah. just seems like uh, you should be getting a ticket or something. Right. You've been here. You've been in the same spot for a month and a half. It's a no, train station. I'm you got to go. I'm looking at the human rats because I want to turn them into dog food. That's fine. All or right. Whatever you want to do, buddy, but just get on a train. <laughs> you know, do it on the train. <laughs> yeah, and people did notice him throughout the years. Right, of course Pe they did. Yeah, because but again, the problem is it's again nobody cares about these prostitutes, and 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 that's where right. this this amalgamation of sexual tension, inadequacy, a sense of superiority is what made him the fucking perfect killer. Because he mm -hmm. just because all you have to do is. It's I, it's so fucked up, but it's like lower your standards and like get to a point of just being like I'm gonna kill this this strata of human being that no one looks for, and eventually you become like because it probably started as just because they were the easiest ones. They would mm -hmm. come with him. They would go out into the forest with him. But then he began to spot despise them for that. Yeah, I don't even think that it's lower, like I don't think it's lowering your standards. I think he's raising his ego and he's like I'm god of these people and. Again, everyone likes to feel as if they're doing good. Yeah. So, yeah. He, I mean, everybody does. Even the, the most sick people, he thinks that he is eradicating a plague. Yeah. He said they followed me like dogs. The guys who invented Twinkies were just trying to make a funner bread. And how many people <laughs> have they killed? <laughs> Thousands. Well, by December of 82, he completely... This is uh, another thing that makes Chikatilo uh, mm. special, or maybe just makes the Soviet Union fucked up. Uh, in December of 82, he started killing people of higher... So he started killing children. He killed this girl, Olga uh, Stolmachinok. Uh, he uh, picked her up at a bus stop, took her to the words, the woods and murdered her. They didn't find her body for four months and then only by chance. But in the interval, the police received a message. It was addressed to parents of missing child. It read, Greetings, parents. Don't get upset. <laughs> she is not the first and not the last. Before New Year, we need another ten. If you want to find her, then search among the leaves. On the Vodorovsky, Pataskovsky. And it was, it was signed, signed. Sadist. The Black Cat. The Black Cat. <laughs> that's a, that's as badass as you can get. The Black Cat. Sounds like you're about. 
Never trust the black cat. Or I cross your path. Oh, I, oh, I swipe at your pant leg with my claws. I would and prefer- I kill the girl and I chew on the uterus. Oh, black cat having fun. All right. Uh, you know, I, I like everything except for black cat. Maybe we can call you the ravenous beaver. How does that sound? Black cat. The corn on the cob killer. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> Him just biting all around the sides of their torsos. Unfortunately, the letter was a hoax, but you know I couldn't pass that up. No, absolutely. <laughs> but but, just, but it was. It is a part of the story because that letter is. was a part of the investigation for many many years. And it's of also it also uh, it's sort of similar to the Zodiac. Uh, you know these people who are like faking it. Yeah. He's a real celeb now. Yeah, He's in he the didn't papers. like he didn't even know about the letter until right. they arrested him because it was almost like the Zodiac, like it was this weird piece of the puzzle that no one could really figure out. Because and they're, and they're because like crimes were happening everywhere. Yeah, it yeah. was all over. It, it was all over uh, Russia, like all that whole the whole Rostov area. They had a wide area of of who could be doing it because there was a bunch of different clues, especially especially because it seemed like he was becoming a surgeon. So they started thinking he was a doctor, and then they started thinking maybe he was a cop because he knew how the cops right. were operating and so it could have been everything anybody anyway, that's how bad again that's how bad russia was they legitimately thought it could be a doctor <laughs> well, they i mean how, how likely good it was, was a slaughterhouse worker right but still doctor could be it's not the black dahlia murders for christ's sake they were, i'm sure these murders weren't that unbelievably artistic and the, or scalpel and the poor sadist black cat was just like a name na- guy named javar wearing like a yes. cat like costume hat, like in an old shack. <laughs> like no one will believe that I am a cat. <laughs> How I wish that, that I could just jump from tree branch to tree branch. Black cat is terrifying, actually. Now that I think about it, it is very scary. Yeah, just a big drunk Russian man hanging out in the sun, just slowly blinking at people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, walk faster, walk faster. I think we saw the black cat. Maybe that's where the myth comes from. If the black cat crosses your path, you have bad luck. Just a fat yeah, Russian man. It, yeah. no, because the is. black cat man of the village may accidentally pee all over your shoes. Mm. <laughs> no, he's just marking. He's just marking his territories. It's fine. So the police, of course, this the, the police were never idle. They never stopped searching for the guy. But unfortunately, they were very bad at what they did. Drunk. They, oh yeah. That, well, yes, that was seriously. one of the re- that was one of the reasons why men hated Andre because Andre didn't drink. He refused right. to have a drink with him. And in Russian society, if a man didn't have a drink with you, you couldn't trust him. And this is the only good it's, thing about the Russians. <laughs> never trust a man you can't have a beer the with. Direct opposite. That's why he stuck out of crowds. They even mm-hmm. said that over and over again. The reason why. Why he wasn't like everybody else is because he wasn't drunk and harassing people all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and that's a, and that's the mm. weird thing about him uh, is that he always wanted to be normal. The, his whole thing was a search for normalcy, but because of course, because he didn't drink, because he was empty and all that, all this, all the killing, it was a search for normalcy that he did in the most abnormal way possible. Well, yeah, because it was a sense of inadequacy because everybody had their thing. Everybody like either f- had you know they had a wife and a family, or they were they were doing they were good at something. The men were all boastful around him they all could do something and he could do nothing yeah they could and slam so a, he, they could slam a full liter of uh, vodka and still get a boner <laughs> that's a physical feat that's a physical russian feat that's actually that was a in the russian olympics but they didn't film it <laughs> how much can you drink the and still get a boner, boner the drunk <laughs> yeah. boner competition mm-hmm. so in the early days of chikatilo's killing uh he st- he wasn't up to surgeon levels uh, in the early days he was still 
pretty hack and slash. Can we just say he never got to surgeon levels? Okay, well, yeah. we could say so at this point he was more like an old west barber. Yeah, <laughs> right to like That's Detroit a street <laughs> surgeon until later on. All right. So because the killings were so horrific, the police got it in their head that the killer had to be a black cat. <laughs> mentally handicapped. Ah, mentally handicapped. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they pulled in their first suspects, these two guys, Kalinik and Shubarov. Uh, they were residents of a special hostel for the handicapped, mm-hmm. uh, and they were arrested for trying to steal and a the, car. And that is Russian for boo-boo and, and, and dinky. Boo-boo <laughs> right. and dinky. Real names in America, they'd be called boo-boo and dinky, and everybody loved them except, you know, I mean, they just had a problem with looking for uteruses. Man, that just <laughs> reminded me of Bobo and... Uh, Bobo and the other guy from that great movie, Nothing But Trouble. Oh, yes. man. Remember that? Oh, man. I can never remember the other one. Uh, Bobo and... Uh, little du- little little, du- little Devil. Little Devil. Little Devil. Yep. Yeah, glad we got that all cleared up. Thank God. <laughs> so both <laughs> men, uh, of course, they were... And the, the book that I did the majority of my research from is called The Red Ripper. It's a fantastic fucking book. Uh, and it also has a lot to say about, like, Soviet Russia at the time. It's really good. Uh, but the guy kept using this term that I love. He kept saying mentally subnormal. It's so much more insulting than saying retarded. It is. <laughs> and in Russia, you just get the feeling they're like, I want to vote. And they're like, hmm, mentally subnormal. Absolutely not. <laughs> but it's interesting. One thing that stretches the entire globe is the is a police officer's ability to go for the simplest answer immediately. Yep. They always yes. just go for the dumbest or the people that are just the simplest to arrest. Yeah. And they, of course, uh, I mean, they got a confe- they got confessions out of, of these guys. Of course they did because they offered him one, like, uh, a, they looked, they had a picture of a starburst. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, look at that. You can get that in America. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll tell you everything. Yeah, they told well, they told them that jail was like a fun spinny ride. And they're like, me like spin spin. Right. Uh, but the, uh, I mean, the policemen said that they weren't intelligent enough to make up a story that fit the facts so neatly because they did uh, identify with detail the places where the victims' bodies were found and how they kill them. But, I mean, we all know how coerced confessions work. Totally. Especially when you're working in Soviet fucking Russia. Right. You know, when you've got the, you know, these police officers that are really trying to close this case. And it hasn't changed that much. Watch uh, World's Toughest Prisons, Russia. That, that is oh very God. intense. And very quick sidebar. Uh, very quick uh, sidebar that I read the other day. Uh, in Russia, the life expectancy of a prisoner is higher than that of a regular citizen. Isn't that something? And I also heard in Russia, the meat does, you don't eat the meat, the meat eats you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, was that Yakov Smirnov? Yeah, I've changed. Um, but, but it's true, though. What they talk about in, in Russian criminal justice, it's, it's like 60% of confessions are coerced. Right. And they need they rely on the confession mm-hmm. like a russian police must get the confession it yeah. goes back like culturally to like the book crime and punishment where they talk about how important it is because it's it's a symbol of admission of guilt and they need it mm-hmm. and so they'll do anything to get a confession i mean and russians are not really known for their like delicacy no <laughs> they are not a delicate bunch whatsoever i mean even in uh when they finally caught andre and they caught him with uh you know a big bag full of knives and ropes uh right. and there was plenty of eyewitnesses but until they got the confession they were like i don't know if i can keep this guy uh, arrested right. like they have 10 days they can they have hold 10 someone days. to 10 days before they uh and he's finally just have like, to let him oh go. you like my knife and rope collection it is from uh, Nike. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, the Russian Ikea. That's where it all started, I think. Uh, so, of course, these two guys went away for a while. And then, of course, the killings didn't stop. So what did they do? They went back to the same hostel right. and arrested two more mentally subnormal men uh, named Ryapkin and Ponomorov. Mm-hmm. I and, believe it. Mm. of course, the killings continue. Uh, on January 10th, uh, they found a 17-year-old girl named Natalia Shalapini, and she was found covered right. in stab wounds. Uh, her nose and upper lip, lip was cut off along with one of the fingers on her left hand. You know what? It seems to me like we've got some Joker-like mischief going on. Maybe these subnormal humans, uh, they were causing it all from jail. <laughs> they were planning this whole you're thing. That, so you're saying there was a council of retarded people. <laughs> mentally the subnormal. Of the worst part of Russia. And they organized mm-hmm. a conspiracy to kill little girls. That's right, because they were scared of the Chicotella rise. Sober in society. <laughs> Looking for power. <laughs> uh, but, you know, thankfully they did let none of these guys were charged. Unlike the man who was charged and murdered for uh, Chikatilo's first murder, these guys were all let go. Eventually the police bundled 23 of the murders together after they realized, like, okay, these retards are in jail and these killings are still happening. Mentally subhuman. Mentally Subnormal. Subnormal. <laughs> Su- mentally subhuman is the worst thing right, you can right, say. Right. That's the bad one. That's, yeah, so, that's the worst one. Yeah, that's the one, like, that's the eugenics term. Right, right. I, when you said bundled, I just pictured flow from that progressive uh, commercial <laughs> there. Oh, let's bundle them. What's weird is that with all of these murders, I visualize flow from the progressive commercial. Oh, man, take her into the woods. <laughs> so in 1984, in March, uh, Dima Potoshnikov, 10-year-old boy, he went missing. Gifted child, loved stamp collecting, archaeology, poetry. Chikatilo stabbed him 54 times. Uh, and this is when the Ooh. first clue comes along. Uh, they found very small clue, but they found a partial footprint uh, from a large man around the body. And an eyewitness said that she saw a man from behind walking with the boy. And she said he was between like 50 and 55 years old. So this is the first description yeah. that they have of Chikatilo in regards to. This is murders. also, we're going, he has been, because he's already been caught two times molesting mm-hmm. kids. He has been almost caught like nine times. I mean, and again, every single time he's almost caught, it's he just checks out because he's a good member of the party. Yeah, exactly. And this was his 20th murder, by the way. Sort and of, this was after his 20th yeah. murder, this was the most evidence the police had had. This is the first evidence the police had had against him. Just an elderly man holding the hand of a child. It reminds me of that um, footprints in the sand. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that Jesus poem. It was yeah. then that yeah, I carried you. It was then that I murdered Jesus you. Poem, yeah. Does he take you? To a remote location and cut out your your uterus and chew on it. I'm not sure because I never get to the end of it because I fall asleep. Yeah, something like that happens at the end. Yeah, we actually don't know. So in May of 1984, this is a a little incident I like to call Andre's Big Day Out. Yeah, I noticed that you labeled it that. <laughs> so I just imagine this whole thing taking place in a montage to the the, the song from Hot Shots when they're having sex in the bed. Oh yeah. With the eggs and the bacon. <laughs> oh, that was the hottest sex he never recorded on camera. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So in 84, Andre ran into a former quote-unquote lover mm-hmm. of his at a bus station in Shakti, uh, and she was also of subnormal intelligence, and mm-hmm. they had met at a food cart where Tanya worked in 1978 prior to Andre's first kill. So, so she found... Saying their first date was him... His, his first date with her was Andre met a retarded woman named Tanya <laughs> at a taco truck. Yeah. 
and that was how they fell in love. That was the first. That was their love story. Yeah, yeah because she said he was Russian, comparatively. Russia is so romantic. It is. That reminds. It's like that first pitch movie with them. Whatever that yeah. woman is. She said he was comparatively charming. Uh, meaning, compared to like the even, if you're yeah. not even like a fucking Don Juan to retarded woman, <laughs> like how are you to a normal person? Yeah, to compared to all the rest of the men she dealt with in the bus station at the food cart day after day, right? Chikatilo was charming. Of course, they both started re- meeting in Andre's sex shack. So he's like the most attractive guy in Alabama, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Yeah, pretty much. So, and of course, he was you know unable to get hard for, her and yep. she got bored, and moved on. Six she years. Got, she's is she used to it? I mean, it just seems. <laughs> I haven't seen a picture of Tanya, but something right. tells me in my mind, Tanya may be a square-shaped woman. <laughs> she's a sub, yeah, of subnormal intelligence. I actually think Chikatilo not getting hard for her uh, is the right thing to do. <laughs> So six years later, uh, Chikatilo runs into her again at the same station. Of course, he's killed 20 people at this right. point. So he invites... So what have you been up to, Andre? <laughs> 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 so Andre invites Tanya and her 11-year-old daughter, Sveta, out to a picnic. So Chikatilo had already selected the perfect spot for the kill. It was a dense, impenetrable fat patch of forest along a railway line, uh, and the railway line was called Sady, which means gardens in Russia. And the woman was drunk before Andre even picked her up. I like her. So is this on one of those plenty of fish like profile like uh-huh. breakdowns of the th- of relationships at work? You know. Well, let's see. Like, how about we meet at this place called an impenetrable forest lane? Yeah. Be drunk when I get you. <laughs> Don't forget. So after 10 minutes uh, walking from the station, uh, Andre gets Tanya to lie down for some sex time. And the child, uh, she get the kid gets the message, uh, wanders off with the new doll that Andre had brought for her. Which is actually nice to do to a child if you're going to defile her mother. <laughs> get her a doll. So the two uh, got naked. Andre went down on her for a while. Ugh, that's the most disgusting thing yet. <laughs> I just uh, can't even handle this. It's just a daughter with the fucking dirty Russian doll uh, staring at a retorted mother getting gone down on by this, like, six-year-old man. Yeah, it's probably just oh, an old piece of sausage rubbed in some dirt. That's her doll. Oh, hey, Mama, how did you and Daddy meet? Well, first he picked me up at a taco trunk, then I got real drunk, and he ate me out next to a fucking <laughs> bramble bush. I remember you were there. <laughs> God. Damn. So after he goes down on her for a while, he can't get hard. And, of course, she starts. She gives him a little bit of a jab. Uh, she says, call yourself a real man, uh, which was yeah. a very fatal mistake. Mm-hmm. He reached into his bag, pulled out a long, sharp kitchen knife, and plunged it into the side of her head. Of course, now, this she, makes it sort of like that Steve Martin funny arrow hat. Ah, uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. So she just kept screaming and screaming. She wouldn't stop. So he dropped the knife, picked up the hand that he'd had in the bag, and then just starts beating her face. Right. And of course, the little girl hears her mother scream, so she She's has... Like, Those are not the normal screams. <laughs> These are new types of screams. <laughs> and so the little girl runs back to where she left Andre and her mother, and when she gets there, the first thing she sees is a naked Andre Chikatilo, stark <sighs> naked, covered in blood, running towards her through the forest with a knife in his hand. He catches up to her, he takes her down with the knife, he gets the hammer, he fucking smashes her over the head, and her 
head mm. when they found her body. Her head was five yards away, completely severed. Good. Another God. thing too is like about these details come from Andre himself. Yes. Right. And when he's giving the confession later on, he loves these details and he gives them everything. When we'll talk, we'll talk about it soon. But that that whole confession, he gave it all of them because by then he was like, because it's true, because it was time for him. This is his highlight reel. Right. This is him returning the the kickoff for ninety nine yards. <laughs> right. Him covered in blood, scream, run, cutting a little girl's head off. You know what I mean? Like that's. It was a it was a big get for him. Yeah, yeah. this he is was, a real big one. I mean, yeah. there's one that he has later on that's you know I would say a little more artistic, uh, but this one is definitely running back the ball. Artistic, Marcus. Uh, well, we'll get to it. All right. Yeah, you'll see. It's uh. it's very very disturbing. All right. So in uh, 1984, that was the most intense period of killing oh, wait, his no, entire career. I just want to go back. That's what you called Andre's big day out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just to clarify, everybody. So when you when I'm reading these, yeah. Andre, him pouring, you know, like fizzy champagne into a wine glass for her, and she like winking at him, and then him giving the doll uh, and like taking the little girl and putting her in her trash can, right. covering the top of it so she can't see. What a big day out it was. So in August and September of 1984, 10 people uh, fell to Andre's knife, more than one a week for two months. And even more boldly, he was killing people who would be missed. He wasn't just killing prostitutes. He was killing children. And really, this is the traditional berserker period Mm -hmm. of the serial killer in which they get caught. I mean, we go. He's killing people that like he's not being careful. Mm -hmm. He's he's killing people all over the place. He believes that he's invisible to the police. And it was almost like he was in Russia. You are invisible. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And this is, you know, we look at Bundy. Bundy. We look Mm -hmm. at Dahmer. All these guys got caught because they lost control. Andre's great Bundy. uh, One of my favorite Bundy quotes. If you can have a favorite Bundy quote where you uh, forget where you put the wrench. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so on September 13th, 1984, uh, the police have figured out that he, this killer is operating out of train stations. So they're doing a lot of stakeouts. So an undercover detective, he sees Chikatilo trying to lure a young woman away from a bus station. Uh, hmm. They arrested him. They looked at his belongings. They found a knife and a rope. They started going into his background, and they saw that he had all these molestation accusations against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fi- his physical description matched that of the witness uh, earlier, uh, and his you know foot size was around the same as the footprint that they had. But and this is fucked up. The reason why they let him go is because Andre Chikatilo has a one in a million genetic uh, condition in which his blood type and his sperm type are different. So they mm. took his blood, because they had, of course, sperm, because he ejaculated in his pants quite a bit. Mm. They had his sperm. Uh, oh, you need sperm? Because you could just scrape my pockets. <laughs> I mean, bro, that's like what I do, man. I, I, I'm like a little sperm bank. If you look, look at the fly of my pants, it's like a sperm apartment building, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so they had sperm samples, and the sperm sample uh, was AB, but they took right. Andre's blood, and his blood type is A. Most of us, our blood type and our sperm type are the same. Sure. But Andre, one in a million chance. So since the blood and the sperm didn't match up, 
They let him go from the rail you, right, uh, from the railway station. Yeah, I love, and I, again, I, a slightly weird way that it made him the perfect killer. Right. Like yeah. it's this thing of like that's just an added thing that added to his invisibility. And we're gonna see this too when we cover things like Luis Garavito, the the his South American serial killer who killed over like oh next to three hundred little kids. This this he can operate anonymously. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought uh, so. He hangs out at train stations a lot. That's all the time. Yeah. That, that's what he loves doing. That's his thing. And it's just a I was huge, thinking about it's that. It's a huge sprawl, and Russia is yeah. massive. There's got to be no. There's next to no communication between areas of Russia. Mm-hmm. They are like it's. It's so huge and it's so poor that he can just operate under the radio, radar. Radar. Yeah. Malcolm McDowell seemed. He did a good Chickatello, but I really loved. Uh, Tom Hanks's Chickadello, uh, Chickadello in uh, the Polar Express. <laughs> That's hot stuff. <laughs> I can't also, most of Mac- Malcolm McDowell's acting job was to just comb his hair forward. <laughs> it's just he just has a bowl cut. So at this point, Chickatillo, he's killed well over 30 people, but the public, the only knowledge they have is that of rumor, because the state had a hard clamp down on the entire media, and not right. only that, but the media themselves, they self-censored. You know, right. like, they already knew what they weren't allowed to do, so they self-censored absolutely everything. And the, if the you're news- in America, this is a dream story. This oh, is everywhere. Chicatello would be up there with Manson. Yeah. You know? Absolutely, but because, you know, so people didn't know, uh, you know, don't stay out late at night. You know, well, it's because keep extra watch they, on your they kids. They cannot rock the boat. They can't. Yeah. They can't let something like this would show that the communist system doesn't work. That it doesn't fix your personality to be like one of a gigantic group. Yeah, and his wife, she had no idea what was going on this entire time. I'm gonna blame that on her not communicating. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, she tried sending him to a therapist. She actually did yeah. because of his sex problems. She tried sending him to a therapist. We have no record, of course, of the visit, but it seems through Andre's uh, testimony. That all he did was just give him a bunch of tranquilizers and said, "Go on your way." That's and, a great therapist. And, right? Yeah, tell him like it's totally cool to come in your pants, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 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 you go and you come in your pants. You, you can do that. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and so Andre, after he killed, he'd wait a few days before he would go back home because he was, if nothing else, patient. Yeah, he was patient. And during his berserker period, it's possible that he didn't get caught because he didn't go full on berserker like Bundy did, breaking into a uh, sorority house and just beating women with a log. He right. was he still had the exact same M.O. He still like if someone didn't go with him, he still like if someone showed any resistance, he still would move on to the next person. But he was just doing it every day. Right. Or every week. It's like a door-to-door uh, vacuum salesman. Yeah. You know, not everyone's going to buy, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they will. You know what? It is exactly like that. <laughs> so at work, of course, things were not going well. Andre was uh, not the most popular no. of employees, uh, and he spent most of his time writing letters of complaint about his coworkers to their superiors and the local communist this party. This guy would have crushed Yelp. Oh, he would have been all over the yard. He would, then, he would again, have. And then his job was to go and make sure people delivered shipments of various industrial things. Yeah. Like he would go to, like, because basically people would make promises to make X number of supplies or X number of raw materials, and then they just wouldn't deliver. They would get right. the money and just not deliver. So his job yeah. was to go and make sure they did. Yeah, because in Soviet Russia, how it worked is, like, you would make the, you would make the screws in mm. Moscow, and then you would make the bolts in Rostov, and so on and so they forth. They did it wrong. They did it very yeah. wrong, but that was part of their strategy. They thought they were doing it right. They right. made all of the materials to build one thing in a million different places around the country. Right. Uh, so Chikatilo, 
He went out. His job was to go. At this point, it was in 1984. His job was to go from Rostov to Moscow to pick up some linoleum. Uh, <laughs> but when the, he came back and the bookkeeper che- checked in the order, she found that there were 70 pounds of linoleum missing. Not good. Uh, and since nobody liked Andre, and usually a lot of people turn the blind eye because theft was expected in the Soviet system. Right. That was just built into it. Uh, but since nobody liked Andre, uh, he was arrested and sentenced to a year in jail. So the and only that's how he got arrested. And that's how he got arrested. It wasn't... Missing linoleum. The great (laughs) linoleum thief of 1984. Yeah. It was... Yeah. It wasn't the fucking molestation. It wasn't the murders. It was missing... 70 missing pounds of linoleum that put Andre Chikatilo in jail for the first time. And he only did time served. He did three months. But, of course, once he came out, he waited a a further six months before killing again. And during his trial, this is what trial psychiatrists pointed to to uh, say that he was absolutely sane because he was obviously in control of his facilities for six months. What I really, what is very interesting, too, is that, like, I feel like even after just three months in a Russian prison, don't you not want to go back? <laughs> I think that's why he took the break, though, probably, right? Yeah, 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 he took the break. But on the other hand... Especially if you have all that beautiful linole- linoleum fo- uh, flooring at your house. You just want to get <laughs> back there. Just hang out on it. It's such a nice uh, His flooring. first victim out of prison, he stabbed her 38 uh, times before strangling her. Uh, and at this point, the, uh, the police did have a fairly accurate description of him. Uh, it was age 25 to 55, tall, well-developed physically, uh, blood group AB, shoe size 43. Three. Breast Care size like 30. Shack or something? Yeah. <laughs> size 43. Breast size 34C. He's still a Baba after all. Carries uh, an attache with sharp knives, possibly suffers from impotence, knowledge of human anatomy, picks up victims at bus stations and railway stations, and his job allows him to move freely across the country, which we look at in hindsight as, yes, of course, that's Dead Andre on. Chikatilo. But if police would have brought in everybody who had that description, they would have ended up with thousands of men in that area and across Russia. Right. And, of course, if they brought him in, the uh, different blood type and sperm type would have immediately eliminated him. Difficult what to I find do, like, is here is that, like, but what is interesting is how, like, just the gigantic search for him would lead to all these cover-ups of a bunch of these other crimes. Like, they would solve a bunch of other murders and rapes and, I guess, cases of homosexuality. Yeah, yeah that was the, horrible. The yeah. strange thing, yeah, being gay. I guess it's still illegal in Russia. Still illegal, yeah. It's still a thing. But back yeah. in those days, it was even more illegal. Yeah, during in their search for Chikatilo, they cleared up uh, 1,062 crimes, including 95 murders, 245 rapes, 100 cases of serious bodily harm, and 105 cases of homosexuality. So was Chikatilo, one of, their better, homos- was Chikatilo one of their better detectives? <laughs> Technically, and also most of those cases for homosexuality were just like busting up places that made burlesque costumes. Right, right, right. <laughs> which is upsetting. So... He's out of prison. He's got a fresh start, uh, and he's got a new job. And the new job is a lot like his old job. He still had freedom to roam across the country. Uh, But, of course, his uh, employees at his new job hated him as well. They said he was cold, distant, and always complaining. His colleagues said they never heard him laugh, but when he smiled, it reminded them of a crocodile. (laughs) (laughs) And if you look at pictures of Chikatilo smiling at his trial, yeah, that's a fucking crocodile. I mean, he's Mm. he's got more of a snarl. Yeah. And also, his colleagues never heard him laugh, but when he smiled to remind him of a crocodile is like a great about me yeah. <laughs> on like a dating website. Maybe, I, maybe I don't laugh, but when I smile, coworkers right. say I'm crocodile. But I again, I mean, crocodile, but also sometimes snapping turtle. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just looking for love, trying to make connections. I think his coworkers were just drunk and they weren't very funny. <laughs> they were all laughing because they're, you know, blasted off of vodka. 
So by 1987, he committed three more murders across the Soviet Union. Uh, and this is a, a little slip-up on his part. All of his business trips were recorded by his employers. So when investigators started investigating Chikatilo, they were able to look at the records of his business trips and cross-reference them with records of murders across the country, which was one of the big things that also helped sink him. Coincidence. Yep. In 1988, he killed uh, an additional three. Uh, the uh, objects of attention in the killings pretty much remain the same as tongues, nipples, genitals. Uh, but by the late 80s, much more precise. Like I said earlier, he could avoid spurts as he stabbed and slashed. So, so it's kind of like he became like a Hope Solo, right? Just kind of like dodging <laughs> yeah. like the slaloms. <laughs> and you talk about this is really fuck. I mean, this really does show you how easy his job was. Uh, he had a psychiatrist in Rostov. Uh, of course, children were going missing, uh, but he did a test in Rostov uh, where he would drive around in his car and he'd ask children to get into his car. Right. Like, hey, you want a ride? Come on, get in the car. And he said, and a quote, alarming amount of children would, without fear, climb into the passenger seat. I don't know. Of the it car kind of to an like, unknown location. It sounds like they just kind of like annoyed the Pete him. Townsend doing research argument. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but that does tell you how easy it was for kids to just, you know, right. trust an older man. Yeah. I mean, at some See, point. That's those... the person I least trust is well, an older man. We know that now, but back then, you know, that was, that was the guy you trusted. So on January 11th, 1989, he lured Tatiana Reiskova, 16, to a vacant apartment. He stabbed her in the mouth and strangled her. And this was the only time that he uh, killed inside. Every other murder was out in the woods, mm -hmm. so he could just leave the body there. But in this case, he had to dispose of it. So he hacked the body into pieces, cut off her head, both of her legs, uh, wrapped all the body parts in her clothes, uh, put the bundle down in the cellar while he cleaned up the apartment upstairs. Right. Uh, after he mopped it all up, he uh, took a sled from out in front of the building and drug the body to a railroad crossing. Of course, the sled came stuck, uh, and uh, in just classic serial killer fashion, mm -hmm. long comes a friendly stranger to help him unstick it. And is like, oh my god, this is heavy. Uh, and like, yeah, there's a girl in it. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. You know, you smile, it looks like a crocodile. It's so funny because also people sometimes say snapping turtle. Do you want to be front? <laughs> <laughs> so after the man left, uh, Andre stuffed the bundle into some large pipes, and the remains were found nine days later. Okay. There's so uh, many body-shaped pipes in Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So after they after investigators found this body, they knew for a fact that it was the railways. Everything. Yeah. The railways were the key to this entire operation. So the Russian police began a stakeout. As many as 600 plainclothes officers were on the case at one time. So some of them had to lie in pits that they dug along the side of the road uh, and cover them up with branches and leaves. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no one will notice you. No one's gonna, everyone's going to think like you're a bush. big hat with leaves on it and stuff. I mean, like, I am three. No one look at cop. The rest is three. <laughs> uh, and there were also police women decked out in short skirts and heavy makeup. And uh, Chikatilo never bit, never even came close. Uh, yeah, because they looked ridiculous. Yeah, they, he knew. So if police were concentrated on Rostov, he would move to the town of Novotoroska. And it was discovered that he was killing there. 
and the police would move some to uh, Novotoretsk, that would weaken Rostov. So he would move to a third city. He would go to Shakti. And then once the investigation went there, he would go back to Rostov. So it was just this big shell game. It's kind of funny if you play that Benny Hill music behind it. It seems like that the, there's a type, there's a term for this type of investiga- investigation, which is it's, it's some sort of trap where they there's the idea is to like kind of smoke them out. I was just gonna say it reminds me of the Australian serial killer episode when they put the uh, shotgun in the bush and they just yes. add the string to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that didn't work either. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that summer, Chikatilo killed four more times. Three of them were uh, little boys. He killed a ten-year-old boy named Alosha. Kobatov, and of course, Alosha was fascinated with horror movies. It was around this time that, uh, you know, the Soviet Union started becoming a little bit more open. You had the, this was during the period of Glasnost, uh, in which things were starting to open up in the Soviet Union. Uh, and so horror movies were coming to town, and they used to show them at these places called video salons. And he picked and they, them. They would, I just feel like in Russia, they would watch horror <laughs> movies, and they would just be like, oh, this is very funny comedy, but where is the horror? Yeah. <laughs> Of course, uh, Ticatillo picked him up on the corner of Karl Marx Street and Soviet Street on October, on August 28th, uh, and uh, he uh, he approached the boy, started having a conversation, and he said, I can show you some great horror films if you like. I've got a big collection in my cottage. Why don't you come with me and uh, take a look? Uh? <laughs> which and is also how I make friends. Which yeah, makes that me is, sad. yeah let's go back to that's how. Yeah, that's how we all made friends. Really, yeah. it's like, hey, come over to my place. We'll watch a horror movie. We'll <laughs> gauge each other's reactions, and then we, when we both see that we both feel nothing, then we become friends. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the one that I'm talking about. That was a little. Uh, I mean, artful may not be the right word. Mm-hmm. But it definitely, he definitely gave this kid the full horror movie experience. So a couple of years. Oh, yeah, this is the thing. Yeah, this is definitely the, do you want to see something really scary? Right. And then, like, <laughs> it's like that movie Last Action Hero, where the kid gets sucked into an action movie, but this kid gets sucked into a really yeah. bad This seems, film. yeah, he gets sucked into a terrible horror film. Uh, so they start walking back to Chikatilo's house. Uh, and Chikatilo says, hey, why don't we take a shortcut through this graveyard? And cool. Chikatilo, years earlier... Yeah, again, if I was to meet right. with somebody that wanted to go see horror films, I would literally do the same thing, where it's yeah. like, do you want to come with me through this graveyard? And people it would be like, cool, yeah, cool. Definitely. <laughs> so he took the kid into the graveyard, and a few years earlier, Chikatilo had contemplated suicide, you know, fairly hard. He'd even dug a grave for himself at this graveyard, and this was just years like before. That's the hardest thing to do first. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I guess it gives you time to think. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I rarely say this about suicide, but sometimes do it. <laughs> you know, Chikatilo. Go ahead. Go Just, ahead. Yeah. So he had dug, already dug a grave for himself. This was years before. He shows up, and he gets this bright idea, like, hey, let's have fun with this kid in this grave. And so he takes the kid there, and not only is the hole still dug, but the shovel he had used to dig it was still propped up against the tree next to the hole. So he jumps on the little boy. He uh, hits him over the head. He bites off his tongue. He cuts off his genitals. Throws the body in, and as he's chewing the genitals, he buries the boy. Was the boy alive still, or do we know? Uh, I believe the boy was dead when okay. he threw him in. And it wasn't until Chikatilo's arrest that the body was actually found, and by then it was no more than a skeleton, because, of course, no one noticed no, the freshly right. dug grave in the graveyard. I can just imagine him just going like... 
Well, now you you enjoy yourself because this is a specially comfortable grave because I built it for myself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So in 1990, Chikatilo killed eight, which, of course, was his deadliest year since 1984. Uh, and, of course, in reaction to this and... He really was a bottomless killer. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Never, it, like, it just never stopped for him. Yeah, like, he it, never had... He didn't have any significant cooling off periods at all. No. And the only one was uh, between his first murder and his second murder. There were, I think, three or four years between yeah. the first one and the second one. That, But that's the only one that he uh, really, that's the only characteristic he shares with a lot of other killers. The one thing about uh, Andre that he doesn't share with other killers is that he shows no sign of ever wanting to be caught. Right. No. Once he is caught, he has a, an urge to confess, but he never shows any sign of wanting to be caught. It's never not, there's never a stop me before I kill again. Right. Right. So in 1990, it was uh, he, he killed eight. That was uh, his deadliest year since 1984. And, of course, in reaction to this and witnesses reporting a middle-aged man in the company of young boys, a lot of those were coming around, mm -hmm. uh, or a lot of the witnesses were coming forward. Uh, Soviet police organized a massive stakeout in major stations in Rostov. And this was their first smart move, actually. They uh, organized a, uh, like, a big police presence, like a very obvious police presence in the major stations in Rostov, but they placed undercover agents at the smaller ones because they thought if they flushed them over to the smaller right. ones, then, uh, and it was... It'd be, able, it'd be easier to see who was doing yeah. it. And it, it, it technically did work, but not completely. Yeah, it did work, but due to the incompetence of the Soviet police, mm -hmm. it did not work. On November 6, 1990, Chikatilo killed and mutilated a 22-year-old woman named Vetlana Korostik uh, in the woodlands uh, near a station called Donslachach. And while leaving the crime scene, uh, as he came out of the woods, covered in leaves and grass stains and dirt, uh, a policeman saw Chikatilo approach a well and start washing his hands and face. He had... Which was like literally just a well that had a sign that was like, four murderers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he had a red smear on his face. His finger was bandaged. There was a cut on his hand. And the officer... Of course, he looked a little suspicious, but he <laughs> no. thought that, you know, a popular pastime in Russia, which we talked about before, is gathering wild mushrooms. Mm -hmm. People sure. love yeah, gathering they wild mushrooms. They were video games, they don't so have that's a problem. <laughs> but, of course, uh, but Chikatilo, he wasn't dressed like a forest scavenger. He was dressed like a normal dude. Like, he had on his, you know, his jacket and his tie. Right. Uh, and he had a nylon sports bag, which you couldn't really... That's not good for carrying Is it mushrooms. possible the police officer thought he was another undercover police officer playing the bush? <laughs> <laughs> was he on bush duty? <laughs> Wait, are you on bush duty, bro? Duh. You just... Oh, you're, you, you're on kill little girl duty. Uh, crazy. <laughs> duh. Duh. So the policeman stopped Chikatilo, checked his papers, but he had no real reason to arrest him. Uh, so he let Chikatilo go. Went back to the office, filed a report, uh, and then uh, filed a report, and then put it among a card catalog. That now this is insane. This can also this tells you a lot about Soviet Russia, and this also tells you how Chikatilo got lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. They had a card catalog of all the suspects that was five hundred thousand names long, oh and my. it was all written by hand. Do they have that Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> they, I feel like that would come in handy here. Yeah, no, they had no. Yeah, they had no real organizational, uh, no real organizational uh, records. Like it, it was right. pretty, 
pretty hodgepodge. Uh, and so they found the body of the woman that Chikatilo had killed that night uh, on November 13th. She was the 36th known victim linked to the manhunt. So as far as the police were concerned, there were 36 victims of the serial killer, but they didn't know that there was actually about 14 more than that that they still had no idea about. So at this point, they weren't taking them seriously yet. You know, no, just no. a 36. I mean, who cares? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they were like, oh, 36. Once he gets up to like 70, then we'll really start putting heat on him. You yeah. know what I mean? Because at this point, he's just helping us conserve as much. We only have so many buckets of soup for everybody. Right. So the more the people that, uh, that are gone, the, the better. So, uh, so police, of course, uh, they looked over all the people that have been stopped over the last week, uh, and they found the report that the police officer at the station had filed, uh, and they saw the name Andre Chikatilo. Uh, but Andre Chikatilo had showed up more than other names. He'd showed up yeah. a few times. He'd showed up uh, way back in 1978 with that first murder. He showed up in 1982 uh, with that uh, spate of eight there, and they had actually brought him in, and that was when they took the test that cleared him at the time. Uh, and everybody hated him. <laughs> Nobody liked him. Anytime they right. talked to anybody about him, they're like, yeah, he's probably a boy killer. I'm not really sure, but I mean, <laughs> as far as I know, at least he doesn't drink vodka. Yeah. And they're like, well, doesn't drink vodka? <laughs> there was one woman that worked with him said that she looked over his shoulder in his uh, workbook. He was writing in his workbook, and he was just sitting there drawing crosses, like little tiny crosses. Well, that is artistic. Yeah, that's, that's, I, that's I guess fine. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. That's, he's just, it's he's like drawing little... the little like weird graffiti S's, like the chain link S's. Yeah, oh, I uh, love I those. I would be more concerned if it was that. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, police put Chikatilo under surveillance, uh, and you know they saw him approach lots of young women and children. Uh, and of course, the woman or child would break off. Uh, Chikatilo would wait a few minutes and then seek another conversation partner. Uh, and so finally, after six yeah. days, they hadn't seen him do anything. Uh, and he, Chikatilo apparently didn't know that he was being followed. He left his house uh, on November twentieth with a large jar that he had filled with beer, of course, ostensibly to go find a hooker. And and say, hey, let's go relax. Just, right. just a hot jar of Russian beer. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> disgusting. Just, <laughs> disgusting to me. And as he exited a cafe, uh, four plainclothes officers walked up to up to him and arrested him, and he made no attempt to resist. Yeah. Yeah, because then it's just like, all right, let's just do this. Yeah. Let's get this going. Yeah, Come let's, on. And so he, uh, after 10 days of interrogation, he finally began to confess to the murders. The reason why they had kept him, despite the discrepancies in the blood and the semen type, was because uh, a couple of years before, there had been a Japanese report out that said that it is possible for someone to have a different blood and a different sperm uh -huh. type. It's a one in a million thing. Uh, but that wasn't something that was discovered until, you know, relatively recently. Uh, and oh. around like the so, 90s. So it was really, he was just asking, he was just acting like a Times Square Elmo. Just going around <laughs> and harassing random people and they would branch off. Yeah. And Pretty then, much, yeah. yeah. And right, oh God, the video of the confessions. Because basically, it's him in a room, a hot room of other, of all shirtless Russian men mm -hmm. screaming at each other. And then it cuts to him with like d dolls of little boys. And it's just like, you know, because it's voiceover on the documentary, but it's just him just going like, I stubbed her and I stubbed her and then I chew. And then it's him going like, oh, like chewing near the genitals yeah. and chewing near the nipples and stuff. And like, he was very animated. Like, very animated. Yeah. But my first thought, it was just like, God, that room must smell disgusting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 10 drunk, vodka soaked, cigarette 
just fucking body body waste. Yeah. If if like a if an NFL team drank vodka on the sidelines instead of Gatorade, just imagine <laughs> what that locker room would smell like. Well, speaking of the crowd, the trial of Andre Chikatilo was populated by uh, a typical Russian crowd, or at least the book that I read said it was a typical Russian crowd. He described them as quote aggressive and ill tempered. Oh, right. They also put him in a gigantic metal cage yeah. to protect him from the people. But meanwhile, like, when yeah. you see video of the trial, it's him just sitting on a stool, like, literally going like, ah, ah, yeah. like snarling at people and shit. Well, he that was, was his one chance to get the nickname. <laughs> yeah. He was a ghoulish-looking fuck, oh, too, because yeah. he, uh, he shaved his head. Some people say that he shaved his head because the police were looking for lice. Other people say that he requested to have his own hair shaved. And so this great, because if you look at his mug shots, I mean, he definitely looks creepy, but he also does look r like Russian grass. Grandfather, right. you yes, could he see he's just got bad hair. He's got that wispy, weird, like gray hair, and he's got the like deep, like I don't know what it is. It's it's a communist stubble. Yeah, that he has. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he shaved his head for the trial, and he looked like an absolute monster. Yeah. Everyone's seen pictures of Chikatilo's trial. Uh, and why is he wearing a Hawaiian shirt most of the time? <laughs> he was cutting loose. He was having like fun. One must have a hint of color. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen the birdcage? That's a funny movie. Anyway, I chewed nipples off because uh, it's fun to chew. I love how springy they are. It is a funny movie. <laughs> it took nine hours to read the charges against Chikatilo. Uh, and on the first day of the trial, he I don't know where he got it from. But he uh, brought a porno mag out of his pocket and waved it in the air. Yeah. Uh, he would constantly interrupt the proceedings with shouts. In fact, one day, after a particularly noisy standoff with the judge, Andre took off all of his clothes, waved his soft penis at the court, <laughs> and, he and he said, Look at this useless thing! What do you think I could do with that? So he's using his small dick defense. Yeah. <laughs> I see. The flaccid penis defense. That's perfect. <laughs> it's very interesting, like, because it's they really let him express a lot during this trial because there's also a theory that that's why he was he was trying to do this activity to bump up like being considered insane, right? Yeah, and uh, also just prolong the amount of time between you know his trial and his soon to come death, right? I mean, that's him and his yeah. most comfortable, and you know they, they still put people in those uh, behind the cell walls today or behind the. Um, you know, yeah, the cages. The cages today. But yeah. That's probably the most comfortable he's been all day. Yeah. And all week. Yes. You know. Oh, yeah. So on October 15th, Chikatilo was found guilty of 52 of the 53 murders and sentenced to death for Which each Which one offense. got away from him? What poor family didn't have justice at the Chikatilo trial? <laughs> oh, man. What's the only kid? That's unbelievable. Uh, he was also found guilty on five counts of sexual assault committed during the years he worked as a teacher in the 70s. So they brought those charges That's back. nice. That's, That's nice. nice. I'm just fascinated by this jury. Was it a jury trial? No. In uh, Russia, you don't have trial by juries. So you have, it was just well, a judge. Do, it's just a, a judge. judge. How didn't the they judge have, have judge? enough evidence for 53 out of 53? <laughs> But he's got two, they have two members of the public that sit next to the judge. Oh, right. So, yeah, they have, it's weird, but it's like, it's just three people. Yeah. I think that's it's the way Destiny's they do it It's a child system. <laughs> Beyonce is the judge. Yeah. And Chikatilo, just like Ted Bundy screaming, tell them they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, as soon as Chikatilo heard the uh, the verdict, he uh, kicked his bench across the cage and just started shouting shit. And the whole time, that he kept... Uh, Back in, I think, like, 88, his son had uh, a garage built next to his apartment complex. And, of course, there was a lot of sewage involved. So Andre Chikatilo took that as his little 
pet project uh, to rally against the Soviet system at the time. So the entire time during his arrest and his trial, he kept saying that he was being persecuted by the higher-ups in the Communist Party uh, mm. for protesting stinky toilets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Which is just like, you know, you might as well just go to California and protest against palm trees. Because it <laughs> seems like Russia is mostly stinky toilets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when he, uh, but when he, they, he was given an opportunity to make a speech, he said nothing. And on, uh, on, he did do a weird interpretive dance to, uh, to, uh, 17, that song by Fleetwood Mac, which is really interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And on, <laughs> and on Valentine's Day, 1994, uh, Chikatilo uh, was, uh, no, it's romantic. It is. Hallmark made up the holday. <laughs> uh, don't get me started, but let's get back to Chikatilo. So Chikatilo was taken from his death row cell to a soundproof room in Novcherkask prison and was executed with a single gunshot behind the right ear. These Look guys do this real fast. Real <laughs> executions, <laughs> like, it's just real. F- there is no discussion. They literally, it was like not that long after the fucking end of the trial. Yeah. Like, they just take you in there and they just pop you in the back of the head. And it looks done. like it was about six months. Six months, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Get it done. Uh, that's very interesting. All right, so no, actually, dead. five months. Uh, and as a bit of an epilogue to just show you how fucking brutally depressing and sad the Soviet Union is, remember the guy that was executed for Andre's very first murder, yeah. wrongly yes. executed? So after Andre's trial, after he was found guilty, uh, prosecutors eventually tracked down the mother of the wrongfully convicted because they wanted to apologize to her. And when she heard the news, she broke down and cried because she had not even known that her son had been executed in the first place. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, because it just seems like 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 maybe he sent her a letter, and like because the post office is mostly run by like stray dogs with letters tied to them, that like she didn't right. get the letters until like a week ago. Right. Well, know? this is why this is why you don't apologize for anything because maybe somebody <laughs> no, doesn't even did, think you did something it. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. He was sending postcards from his vodka tasting right like trip that he was taking through Siberia. I mean, this woman, as far as she knew, her son was just an asshole right. that hadn't talked to her in twenty years. I guess it's a relief yeah, to know that but, he's dead. Yeah, it's, it's a relief to know that he was wrongfully executed for a crime he didn't commit. God, that had to be awkward for those cops. Ma'am, I'm sorry. We have to let you know that your your son was innocent of all the charges and we wrongfully executed him. You killed him? <laughs> you killed him? <laughs> what do you mean you killed him? <laughs> Never mind, we didn't. He's still alive. He's doing great. Uh, so the birthday party's over. So we can't do the birthday party? <laughs> um, well, this is just what an insane story. Man. You know, and again, oh, it's just God. like, it's it's a perfect combination of psychosis and environment. Mm-hmm. He is a brutal fucking killer. Probably one of the more brutal that we... Like, America has a different... We have a flair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Richard Ramirez has a fucking... What a great story. Yeah. Like, Andre Chicatello is just the fucking... I don't know what it is. It's almost like entropy. It's like people just like disappearing into time, and that's just what he's a part of. He's like the brutal underside of the communism, of like what happened in early communism. Yeah, very he interesting. Was, yeah, he did parallel his life paralleled the the rise and fall of the Soviet state right. almost exactly. It, it's creepy. Yeah, yeah. Good, I'd say good point, Ragnar. 
Yeah, good point, Ragnar. And let's not say Ramirez's story was that great. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying it was an interesting. It's a fun story. Just because he likes rock and roll. Fun is also uh, a, you know, debatable. Yeah, the- I'm just saying, if Chikatilo, I'm just saying, if like Chikatilo could have made it a little bit more entertaining by like dressing up as a raven or like <laughs> sure. being into like you know like really into uh, any sort like ACDC, really getting into yeah. that sort of thing, like getting into Danzig real hard and wearing shirts and talking about how like he's the fucking channel of the devil he that did put on a, this he, case he put a great theatrical put on a great theatrical event though during his trial so yes, he, he did try he did, he did try God, um, that fucking you know what they call a soft penis in russia they call it a pink necktie <laughs> <laughs> i've heard that so he is in a great time I like to wear one of those um all right let's see we got the live show coming up this saturday yep this saturday uh what's the exact date on that i believe that is the 28th nope that is the 27th. All right. This Saturday, September 27th at the Creek in the Cave, 10 p.m., 1093 Jackson Avenue in Long Island City. You can take the 7 train to get here. You can take the G train, the E train, all kinds of shit. But this month, we're going to have Holden McNeely of the Roundtable of Gentlemen sit in with us on stage. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Making the show a little bit more unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it would be unwatchable. Yes. Unwatchable, I'm sure yes. he's going to Holdenator's hoe us and all that. So come on out to that. I also. So what, I have a week at the Creek, October 12th through the 17th. Um, so that's every uh, Sunday through Friday at 7 p.m. starting that. And that's going to be really also, fun. We're going to do a bunch of things. want to remind everybody that it is, it's two weeks away from our favorite month of the year, October. And yeah. we, will, we are not going to disappoint. We're looking for Chris. We're going to be doing a, a Listener Pasta episode. Mm-hmm. Please submit your funny, your absolutely your scariest stories. Funniest. That's what's the problem with my fucking brain. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Was it's like submit your scariest stories? We're gonna be reading them, reading them on the air, and we are going to attempt to disgust you again this year. That's right. So, just know that our dark lord and master Satan himself uh, is. We're we're doing it right for him, Um, and uh, we're gonna try to brutalize you. October is gonna be a fun month. Yeah, it is definitely. Um, All right, everyone, let's do a hail Satan. And, uh, Hail Satan. Hail oh, Satan. so good to say it. Everybody gets so weird when I say it to them out here. <laughs> I'm having one. <laughs> I'm having one. All right. <laughs> Hail yourselves, everybody. I'll Hail me. I'll gain. Uh-oh. In the Mokos Okay, well, we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>